Welcome to the Carry On Podcast. This is your host, Lindsay Rowland. And you're used to hearing my voice like this. I'm not feeling well. I thought I had COVID and I don't, but I definitely had the flu. Today, we have an exciting episode with my good friend, Mr. Jason Seacrest. Jason is a, a lieutenant colonel in the reserves. He's a battalion commander. He spends a lot of time in New York City saving people from COVID. He is also, in his time off, a real estate agent. Jason and I are working together for me to buy a, a million dollar plus home here in DC. And we're here today to talk about the home loan for veterans. Now, with that said, I'm going to, hello, Jason, how are you? Good, Lindsay, how are you doing? Good. And with that said, I'm going to let Jason introduce our other very special guest and take it. Here it is. His name is Jason, too. Jason, Mr. Jason Moses is a real estate agent. And Jason, I'll let you take it from here on, on his intro. All right. So actually, Jason is uh, is a loan officer. Uh, for, oh, sorry. My bad. Agent. My bad. My bad, Jason, number two, no, is no a problem. loan officer. <laughs> So uh, happy to introduce Jason. Uh, Jason is a uh, residential loan officer with Academy Mortgage. And uh, I've known Jason, geez, I think just about six or seven years now. Um, I actually met him because he uh, did the first refinance of, of my multifamily property, which is uh, what I'm trying to get you hooked up with. Um, and Jason... Uh, yeah. So uh, I like Jason. Um, he does a great job. He's a Marine and I, but he's, he's actually a good Marine. Semp-a-fi. We got to simplify in the house. Cause you know, Jason oh. and I are both army guys. Yeah. So Jason's one of the, it was one of those uh, badge carrying Marines. So uh, he might've got you, uh, you know, like on short patrol or, you know, jammed you up for going uh, 16 and a 15 mile an hour zone or something like that. So, oh, you know, yeah. I love me some Marine Corps because I love Stuart Scheller. Yes, I love me some Marines. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I will tell you just just uh, up front. I mean, I got to know Jason uh, really well and, and he's a friend and uh, he, he does a really great job as a loan officer. And, and one of the things that I learned early on as a real estate agent and now associate broker is you really have to develop a circle of trust, uh, not only not only for yourself as an agent, but but somebody that you can present to your clients and say, look, you know, I will vouch for this person. They do a great job. And uh, I, I, I'm happy to be uh, Jason's friend and business partner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jason, it's been a pleasure to work with you for all these years as well. And thanks for the intro. All right, from here, let's do this. Um, if we could, um, Jason, number one, if we could start and just kind of talk about my house, but go through the process of how one, because I've never used a home loan before. Um, I thought about buying houses like 10, I got out um, in 2015. So I've thought about buying houses, you know, in the last 10 years, but I never did. So if you could just kind of walk us through using this house that I want to buy, and I'm, I don't care, I'm going to tell everybody the address. It's 523 on Constitutional Boulevard, and I think it's Northeast, right, Jason? Yeah, Northeast. Okay, I'll let you take it from there, but if we could talk in reference to my house in reference to the home loan. Yeah, no, happy to. And, and Lindsay, I mean, you're, you know, just, just getting started on your process is is similar, um, is similar experience I've had with other veterans. A lot of veterans, just number one, don't realize that they have this great home loan benefit that comes with their their benefits uh, or package of benefits from the VA. Um, people are aware of the, the 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 pension and you know the GI Bill and education and and the healthcare and all that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, I I still in the year twenty twenty two I run into veterans that 
aren't aware of this great benefit. And, and you, you weren't necessarily one of the, one of those Lindsay, but you know, it also is the conversation that I had with people simultaneous to that is okay. You've been in this area for, you know, five, six years, seven years, and you've been renting and, um, you know, hey, but real quick, I want to interrupt you. I just did the math on it and I've been in this area for nine years. Boy, oh, wow. does oh, time nine. fly, but I'll let you guess. I just wanted to throw that in there. So in those nine years that you've been here, Lindsay, um, that's a lot of rent payments and you've, you've missed, you know, a significant amount of a potential appreciation had you bought a house. And then, and, and that's, you know, that's fine. And some people aren't, are, aren't comfortable with buying. Um, but there's just other people that are just like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay with this whole renting thing. And I just run into people all the time where, you know, I ask the question, Oh, so you, you, you're going to stay in this area. Your intent is to stay here long-term and you've been renting for like the past three or four or five years. Um, well, and also I, just to cut you off again, and I think everybody knows this, I'm running for Congress. Oh, funny story really quick. I might have to run for Senate now because they redistrict me and Marcy Captor out of our district. Fun fact. So I technically, I can't even run in my own district, but back to, back to the house. You know, I like to go down rabbit holes. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and uh, while, while I consider myself to be a smart guy, I don't know how to advise you politically. I can only advise you uh, uh, with, with, <laughs> with your real estate you. purchases. That's um, back to real estate. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but no, I mean, the conversation that we had and the way we got started is the way I get started with a lot of people, whether they're, they're veterans or not, but especially when, if you're a veteran, you have this great benefit and the VA home loan uh, allows a veteran to, to theoretically come in and purchase a home uh, with, with no money down. Um, then there are a lot of options that are uh, with that, with that home loan. Uh, you can buy a condo, you can buy a townhouse, you can buy a single family house, you know, with a yard. Um, and, and what I had pitched to you is basically what I did when I moved to DC in 2014 is um, buy a multifamily property. So, you know, just my story, um, I knew that I wanted to, to live in Capitol Hill. And, uh, at the time I was still single. Now I'm happily married to, uh, my lovely wife, Stacy. And, Shout uh, out to Stacy. there we go. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I found this great four unit property, um, on Capitol Hill and it was really conveniently located to Metro station. Um, you know, my church was close by and I just looked at it and I thought, well, why don't I just let somebody else pay my mortgage? And that's what I did. Oh, um, yeah. Simplify, right, Jason, number two. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, bought this property. Um, now, the rules uh, that, that, that were in place when I bought the property have have changed uh, and really to the benefit of the veterans. So it used to be uh, the VA had uh, these these county caps, what were called county caps. And you could you could borrow up to that money without a down payment. Uh, if you wanted to go over that cap, you could. Um, right, there, there was, was a certain percentage. There was an algorithm uh, or a calculation that, uh, like, once you went over whatever the county limit was, like, you know, um, like right now, the county limit for DC is nine seventy eight hundred for family. Wait, we got to talk about that. We need to go into depth on that because I have no idea what you guys just said. Jason, um, number two, you want to take that? Yeah. So. Um, all right. So with VA loan, you can buy any type of residential property as well as a four unit, right? Up to a four unit um, and still use the VA loan up to 100 percent. What Jason's saying is, is that's new within the last almost two years that you could go 100 percent financing above what these Fannie Mae set 
thresholds are for um, for loan caps. Like if you're going conventional FHA, um, you're capped at 970 to keep it considered uh, Fannie or Freddie product. Um, if you go over that, going conventionally, you're using what's called a jumbo product. If you're a veteran, you don't have to use a jumbo product to go into the millions. You can use the VA loan. Um, so, yeah, so, so the nice down, product, the minimum down is 10%. Uh, there might be somebody out there with a 5% down, but you're putting down money regardless. With the VA loan, you're going up to 100%, even if it's one and a half million. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. I'm going like I know what you guys but just there are said. thresholds, <laughs> and like DC is one of the most expensive places in the country. So the county thresholds for all the surrounding counties and DC, you know, right now is $970,000. Hey, let me ask you this question, Jason. Number two, what is like the second or third area that's the most expensive in the country? Is, is it like California and New York or? Actually, I think the top three counties in the country are in the DC area. I know Old Town. I'm sure Old Town, Alexandria. And ah, and probably Loudoun County. Yeah. That's Montgomery County for anyone that's outside of the D.C. area. Okay, and I, I want to steer this a little because there's a couple really specific things I want to talk about. So when I was in Monterey, I was going to buy a house. And basically, the VA loan came in and did the inspection and told me that it had mold. And it was a bad property. In fact, they they denied me the chance to buy it because they said that the mold problem was going to cost me so much money. So can we elaborate on how the VA comes in and does these inspections and what um, are some of the things that we're going to inspect in the house that I'm buying, Jason? The mold must have been very bad. Um, I've had mold hold up a transaction, not on a VA, but it wouldn't have been any different if it had been VA. Um, and in that in those cases, the sellers agreed to, you know, fix the problem. So they had like a special team come in and remove the black mold. Um, and then we were able to move forward from there. Well, so I was talking to Mr. Seacrest and I was saying, cause I haven't been in the place yet because just with the holidays and stuff and with COVID, but and so he doesn't think there's any mold. And by looking at the pictures, I would agree with him. So are you saying that the person that, cause this house was built in 1900. So, you know, it definitely could have mold. So what are some of the things that I could do if I did find mold in this house? Like you just said, have them fix it. So the sellers, you, know, you, know, you make an offer saying, Hey, you know, whatever number you guys come up with. And part of that offer is you guys have to fix the mold in apartment A, B and C that I saw. Now, but what about the runners that are already in there? Like, what if I get sued because they they have black mold in their lungs for the last 10 years they've been running? And now I buy the property and I fix it now. What if I'm responsible for their yeah, black you mold? responsible for anything that was before that. If you eradicated that, that mold problem or they did before you bought it and you bought it mold free, then I don't see how you could be responsible for it. And then here's another question I had, because I would like to move all the runners out because I have friends that I would like to move in. Like uh, Jason, I was thinking Leon, I have a friend who want, we want, might want to do a, um, a, a beauty salon out of there. How do I have to give those runners a 30 day notice? And how would you guys recommend doing that? Because I think that those people have lived there for years, by the way, I look at from the outside in the photos, like, I think those people have been tenants for up to 10 years, some of them. Yeah. So that, that, that's a great question. Um, so in, 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 in D.C., hard, right, Greg? what's that? In D.C., it's, it's uh, 
It's hard, specifically in D.C. to do that, I think. Yeah. So um, tenants in D.C. have an affirmative right to basically occupy their units. So D.C. is very tenant friendly in that respect, much more so than, you know, say other places where I own rental properties. Um, so in, in that case, what um, you know, you, there, there are a couple options that, that, that people can do. Um, anything four units or less in Washington, D.C. is considered uh, uh, exempt from rent control, meaning that you can wait, theoretically. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, say that again. Say that sentence again, and then I'll let you. Can you explain explain that very slowly? Because I did yeah. not know that. Okay, so in Washington D.C., if you own multifamily property, if basically four units or less um, in in Washington D.C., you are exempt from what's called rent control. And what rent control is is basically um, you're only allowed to raise rents based on a percentage. Um, that DC sets every year. And, and it's uh, based off of what uh, consumer price index rates are. So, you know, for example, like, you know, last year, uh, I think the, the, the change was 6.9% nationwide. So what DC said is, okay, if you own five or more units, uh, uh, let's say, you know, you own a hundred unit building, you could theoretically raise the rents by 6.9%. Um, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Cause in years past, um, there really wasn't, you know, the, the inflationary pressures that we're having right now. So some years it might be like a 1% increase or a, a half percent increase. Um, so if you own four units or less, you know, theoretically, you can raise the rents to whatever you want them to be. So um, this is beautiful things. This is beautiful information to know listeners hear what he's saying now. Is that just in DC or would that be in other places and in, in other cities? Would they do stuff like that? DC is one of the strictest that I know of. I mean, New York would probably be a second behind that, a close second. So what about this? What about if um, I have somebody who has a voucher from the DC government for housing and like, let's say their voucher is like uh, 1900 for that area because I call it BAH, but they did an assessment and they know that the rent around there is about 1900. And then I know that if they have a voucher, I take all that money, right? Well, like, how would you find somebody that has a high enough voucher if I wanted to, like, you know, be able to pay my mortgage almost without paying rent myself? Okay. Sorry, I was muted there. Uh, DC, DC breaks up uh, the voucher program by by neighborhoods. So, uh, for example, Capitol Hill, and I'm just I'm just spitballing a number here. If you have a one bedroom, one bath apartment and you include the utilities uh, with with the unit, they will give you a voucher uh, up to that up to a certain amount. Um, so it it's very uh, cut and dry. It used to be as of uh, a couple years ago, um, the voucher amounts were very low, and um, you, people were prioritizing uh, non voucher tenants over voucher tenants. So DC came in and said they stepped up to the plate and said, okay, we're really going to incentivize uh, people to take vouchers in DC, uh, the landlords. So they um, up those amounts in order to encourage more people to take it. And I think by and large, it's probably, I think it's been very successful. Um, Jason, number two, did you want to add anything to what he just said or? Um... No, I mean, like, cause this is like, you know, on multi-units, I mean, this is a whole different game. I think the most important thing for your listeners is, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, we had a separations class for a week, right? And they had somebody come in for two seconds and talk about the VA loan. And I was, you know, like 23, 24 years old. None of it made any sense to me. 
because I'd never bought a house or even thought about it. So when I there, I would have bought a house 10 years earlier is what I'm saying than I did. Wow. If someone had just sat me down for five minutes and, and told me what I'm about to tell you, which is as long as you, you know, you've been on active duty for six months as a reservist or, or you've been on active duty your whole career, you're eligible for the VA loan up to hundred percent financing. We Wait, hey, Jason, number two, say that again slowly for my listeners, what you just said that sentence, because I did not know that either. Did I lose you guys? No. Which part? Say that part again about six, the six months. I did not know that you only oh, yeah. served so six that's, months. That's the one thing with, uh, with qualifying for a VA loan, you got to have served at least six months on active duty as a reservist. And it can't be like counting as schools and stuff like that it has to be, you know, activated. Um, Cause see, I thought you had to be, I thought you had to serve years to get the VA loan, like at least two or three years. Like it's like the GI bill. Like it, you basically have to serve a certain period to get the schooling. Like I thought it, it kind of related back to that. Yeah. So the only time I've ever had to wait on somebody to get them alone was they were, they were an officer and they were still in training. They hadn't been in long enough to purchase. So we had to wait until we hit that threshold. They were like, they were active duty. They weren't reservists. Um, but yeah, but I mean, the, the, the most important thing is, is like everyone gets to like a credit score now sent to them. So you kind of have an idea where your credit is and all you need is a 640 score to qualify for a VA. There's what's called a VA credit advantage that you can go down to 580, but the rate's usually like a percent higher. It's, you know, so I try and work with people to get their scores to 640 before we pull the trigger on getting them into a home just because of that. Uh, but yeah, a 640 score, all you need is the money for an appraisal, pretty much. You know, you don't need any money. Like Jason and I do multiple transactions a year where the people are having some or all the closing costs covered. So um, that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, we can, I don't know, <laughs> I lost track of where I was going with that. Well, let me just say this. So let me ask you this question. Um, so I have, I think I have about 848 as my credit score. So what basically what you're saying is like with a 600 something score, that's good enough. Yeah. And then and what's great about VA is, you know, with conventional, if your scores are 680, they're going to be lower. The rate's not going to be as good as if your scores are 850, you know, 840. Okay. So, but with VA, the rate's usually the same. Um, as long as your score is above 640. So like if you have a 650 and another person with a 720, that score, the rate's going to be the same on both. It's, it's really, this loan is the best loan on the market. It's usually the lowest interest rates um, for all different products, you know, 15, 20 and 30 year fixed. Uh, well, you know, I traveled Europe for a while when I got back from Iraq and I, you know, I was in for 15 months. So I got, or I was in Iraq the first time for 15 months. So I got the extra thousand dollars like mm -hmm. at the, at the year mark. So I had a ton of money, but I ended up staying in Europe for another year and traveling and just basically like messing around. And I have like a $30,000 um, loan right now that I'm still paying off from like seven years ago. And so can you talk to me about maybe like how that $30,000 loan is could affect um, me purchasing this home. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, you know, you, you can have someone that makes $100,000 a year. And, you know, if you just doing the math on those numbers, they could buy a house that's 500 or 600. Um, but if you have a lot of monthly responsibility, like student loans, car payments, credit cards, things like that can lower your your buying capacity because in in all mortgages they use what's called debt to income ratio otherwise known as DTI and on a VA loan we're allowed to use 50% of the gross income and what has to fall within that 50% is the proposed mortgage payment on the property as well as all of your monthly responsibility uh, like car payments, student loans, and credit cards, you know, utilities and cell phone don't count. But so if you have like a, a $900 car payment, that's going to lower how much you can. Afford. That's like an enlisted soldier getting like a Mustang and paying $900 a month. Right. And you're like, and then it get it gets repoed. Right. At $900. Right. And I have people who are like, well, I'm paying $2,500 in rent. What do you mean? I can't afford a $2,500 car payment. I mean, and you're uh, like, no, you can't. <laughs> I don't know how you're affording your rent because you have all the, but you're mean, living free. You're living for free with your baby's mama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sidebar. <laughs> I love it's, soldiers, by the way, but yeah, they can so, do some I mean, really stupid things. But yeah, I mean, if you, you like, you definitely, it's not, a, don't be fearful of having debt. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I got to pay off all my debt before I buy a home. You know, talk to a loan officer, let them run credit and see what your scenario is. If it's not, if you're not able to get qualified because you have too much monthly debt and it throws off your ratios, you know, I constantly have four or five people that I'm working with to, to improve their scenario so that we can get them going. And if you talk, well, to I think this is a good check that up for you. I think this is a good time too to, to stop. I wanted to say Jason, number two, Moses, can you tell us um, where you're located at and if someone's in DC and how they can find you and if they can use you, if they're not in DC too. Yeah. I, I, you know, Jason Moses, uh, Academy Mortgage. Um, I'm licensed in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. Uh, I can be Googled on the web. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't come up with a picture of you on your web page. No. <laughs> Why is he having oh, my Google <laughs> safe. <laughs> no, but my number is 703-615-9932. And just for listeners, no, I will post this information on the website. But And by the way, they're both very good-looking gentlemen. I'm just making fun of the ugly mug thing. Jason Seacrest, can you put out your information? Yeah, sure. Um, my number is 703-650-9436. Uh, I'm licensed in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Um, my Wait, Delaware? What Delaware? Yeah. Um, I actually had a friend who wanted to buy a house there. So he uh, was a past client of mine and, and said, I really don't want to work with anybody else. I trust you. Um, Wait, isn't so that where that asshole, um, our president lives? Isn't he in Delaware? Um, no comment on that. Um, <laughs> I am a, a loyal that. servant of the United States government and <laughs> continue to be. So let's go Delaware. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, Lindsay, my website is uh, WashingtonMetroHomes.com. So, um, you know, just like Jason, uh, you can Google me. Um, see my headshot from 2013. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is an old one. It is yeah, old it, one. I need to get that updated. My wife makes fun of me all the time. But <laughs> I'm going to start doing it too. I'm going to make fun but, of you too. <laughs> but yeah, but what I a couple things you know what I would just point out is is that 
no matter where you are in the country, Jason and I know people. So if, if you're listening in Washington state right now and you're thinking about buying a home, you're listening to this, um, just, just reach out to one of us. I mean, uh, you know, working for Cobalt Banker, I've got a great international network of real estate agents and really good professionals uh, that I can refer somebody to. And if people just want to talk, they just want to run scenarios. I mean, I, I know Jason does a great job of breaking down, um, you know, make a good business case for people to get loans. I'm here to just, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help veterans out, my fellow veterans out just in terms of their, their home buying process. Cause a lot of times people just, they, they, they want to just get a gut check on something they may be doing, you know, with a current real estate agent or something like that. But Hey, let um, me ask you this question. You know, Adam yeah. Bird, um, Heroes Media Group, who um, is my podcast platform, he wants to buy a house in Chile. Now, how would that work? Um, we we have an international network. So if he wants to buy a house in Chile, um, I can make that happen. Damn, there it is, Adam Bird. Did you hear that? Because he listens to all our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, just just uh, just have him uh, give me a call and I'll find uh, somebody in our network in Chile. Okay, so here's what I want to do now. Thank you for all that. I want to open the floor up and let you guys talk about the things that you think. I mean, we're going to do a couple other podcasts on this as we go through the, but I'm going to open it up to you two to talk about the, a couple key things that you would like to talk about now. Yeah. So uh, is there if I start? Absolutely. Whoever wants to. Jason okay. one, Jason two, Jason all three. Right. <laughs> so Jason number one, I'm going to start first here. So <laughs> I, I think a couple of things that just, just come to mind. I mean, number one, um, like I just said, if you're a veteran out there and you're not sure if you have, uh, you know, an ability to, to use your VA loan product, again, there's there's been the, the products always changing. The requirements are changing. I mean, one of the biggest things that uh, that happened last year is uh, um, President Trump signed into law. Um, let me see. It was it was Trump, Trump. Everybody knows I'm a Trumper. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that he did before he left office was he signed the Veterans Health Care and Benefits Improvement Act. And what that did was it expanded eligibility for the VA home loan for National Guardsmen. So like Jason said previously, like, like if you're a reserve, a federal reservist uh, or active duty, you had to be on on active duty orders for at least six months. Well, uh, because of all the um, active duty that that National Guardsmen were doing uh, in support of COVID, uh, they changed the, the law to basically say that uh, if you have at least 90 days on active duty in general on Title 32 National oh, Guard nice. status. Right. Yeah. And, and if at least 30 of those days were active, then you qualify for the loan. And, and that's that was really that's a phenomenal benefit because we've had, you know, thousands of National Guardsmen on active duty since. And, and you know, me personally, I have units, soldiers that are on active duty right now. Um, oh. Uh, supporting healthcare uh, facilities. But, uh, and that's one of the things last year when I was on active duty um, uh, in New York City, it was if I had soldiers who, um, you know, were first term and they had never, you know, they had, this was their first turn on active duty. If they were leaving with less than 90 days, I talked to them face to face and I said, look, stay for at least 90 days. You can, you can leave on day 91, but stay for at least 90 days because yeah, you can get the, you know, qualify for a VA loan because it used to be, well, it still is for reservists that it was either uh, 180 days on active duty or six months of, or I'm correction, six years uh, of service. So um, that's a phenomenal benefit. I had a couple of young soldiers just said, well, I need to go home. I want to do this. And I would just say, look, like, seriously, like, can you not stay for another week? Because you'll be able to buy a home and it may not mean anything to you at 18 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Years old, wow. And, yeah, you may want to buy a home and, and the greater New York City area is not cheap. And and that ability to come in 
without, you know, having to put a down payment down is huge. So I actually had a couple of soldiers who stayed on active duty specifically just for those 90 days to get their VA home loan. And I, I think that's huge. Um, I think the second thing in general is buying a home requires preparation. Um, I, I know that uh, TV makes it look very easy. I mean, um, you know, you go on HGTV and there's house hunters and there's, you know, Chip and Joanna and some of these others where basically, you know, they show a buyer three homes and they select a home, one of those three. Well, I, as Jason number two will also attest to, I mean, buying a house, especially in this area, especially in this market that we're in, requires preparation. And people say, okay, well, how do I prepare to buy a home? Well, it's some of the things that you and I are going through, Lindsay, where, you know, you know, first, first thing you want to do if you want to buy a home is talk to an agent, talk to a real estate no, wait, agent. No, Jason, it's filed taxes. <laughs> well, that, that too. But yeah, so, um, but no, talk to a real estate agent and, you know, somebody like myself who can lay out the process and, and make sense out of, to some people, you know, looks like a very chaotic thing. Um, so second, you know, figure out where you want to live, what you're looking for, because I, I've been on, on real estate searches with clients in the past when I was a brand new agent where, you know, we, we were, they would, they would change what they wanted, like literally the day that we're looking. And I just, I finally had to sit them down and just say, guys, you need to figure out what you want because me driving around, I mean, yeah, I like driving around and I like house tours, but I mean, <laughs> you know, you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time, quite frankly. Um, so figure out what you want. And, and once you figure out what you're looking for, um, you need to start gathering your documentation. Um, I call it the rule of twos, uh, two years of tax returns, uh, two years of W-2s for your jobs, and then two months of checking, savings, investment account statements. So having all those ready to give to somebody like Jason, number two, right off the bat. USAA. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I won't comment uh, on USAA, but. Uh, I've been banking with them for 17 years, though. I, I, I'm one of those people half percent higher than, than market. And it's really, this is because people think that there's some sort of attachment to the military when they're not, they're just a business that have these fake rules that say it's only for the military and their family. What about Navy federal? How do you feel about them? I bank with Navy federal. I bank to them. I know you're Overseas, Marine. I figured the Navy Federals are on the Navy bases and on the I Marine. I remember their bank for like 30 something years. So I, you know, they're the only bank I bank with. <laughs> so I mean, so when you get a mortgage through them because they can't close a deal on time. But yeah. it's banking. Interesting. Because I think that was actually part of my issue the first time I tried to buy a house was USA was a pain in the butt. Lindsay, I, I will tell you this unequivocally. Uh, and this is just kind of sad is that, uh, you know, Jason number two just alluded to this, but none of the military themed credit unions really do a great job with mortgages. Um, and, and that's one thing I think you, you know, I've had, you know, my own personal bad banking stories with USA and I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, you know, for example, USA charges a 1% origination fee. So, so think about this, if you're getting a $500,000 loan, you're going to pay USAA $5,000 for the privilege of, you know, getting your mortgage with them. Well, and so in a side note on that, so I use Sun Federal Bank in Ohio. So we actually move my loan solely over there and pay it off over there because the interest rate is so much lower. Yeah. No. And, and Jason, Jason number two is right, is that a lot of these these military credit unions, they they take advantage of 
the loyalty of military service members. I mean, we military people are, are a loyal lot. You know, we, you know, we, you know, see the commercial. Yeah, loyal veterans. What are we going to do with them, Jason and Jason? <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. I should call you Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I don't think USA is, USAA is a credit union, but I do find their commercials disgusting where they're like, even enlisted unions. <laughs> I wait, let me sing it because I am on hold so much. USAA and I can do it. USAA, but it's like yes, their commercials are just like absolutely well, they're great. Not associated with the military, and they're letting people believe that they are, and they're taking advantage of people's loyalty to their service. Yep. Um, and, and charging them for it, you know, like by a half point more than market, like I said. Okay, wait. Yeah, let me ask they're you not guys, even good at what they do for a living. So, like, as let far me as ask you this: If I'm if I'm a new soldier and I just joined the military, where should I bank at? I think you should bank at who, I mean, where, where you should bank at that, that, I mean, that's a personal preference. So where you should get your loan at is somebody who answers the phone when you call them. Um, you're not going to get a, a USAA or a Navy federal credit union loan officer on the phone on a Saturday or Sunday. And when do you look at houses? And just to throw you a bone, you answer the phone um, on Sunday night. You answer the phone on Saturday morning. You answer the phone when I text you at 2 a.m. because I work nights and I forget that it's 2 a.m. You always answer the phone, Jason Moses. And Jason Seacrest, you do too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's the whole thing. And and, and just piggyback on what Jason number two said is that, you know, this is this is not a nine to five business. And, you, you know, it requires an agent who's going to pick up the phone. I mean, I, I usually stop taking calls at 8 p.m. Uh, otherwise, I get killed at home. Um, <laughs> but but realistically, I mean, I, I'm doing we're doing most of our business nights and weekends. So it, it would make sense that the loan officer that I deal with needs to be able to pick up the phone because, you know, I'm going to need a pre-approval letter in a lot of cases. So, you know, you're just you're not going to get that with. Uh, a lot of your, you know, the, the USAA, Navy Federal, there's other lenders that, you know, you know, quick in basically uh, lenders that are, you know, where your loan officer is just a voice behind a phone and some call bank somewhere. Well, and it kind of goes back to like, I, I think everybody knows I started my own lobbying business about a year and a half ago, LR Lobbying. And my clients all work during the week. So they want to work on the weekends. So like my Saturday and Sunday is like my Monday and Tuesday. But then when Monday comes around, the hills open and I got to go to the hill. So basically what I'm saying is, is I'm always working too. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Um, so, so yeah, you know, just again, since, since it's uh, the carry on podcast again, my, you know, my second recommendation again is probably stay clear of the, the military themed banks and credit unions, uh, just cause the, the rates and the fees are higher, uh, find, you know, my advice is always to find a good regional lender, you know, like Jason, um, and, and also what, what's called a retail lender. Uh, a retail lender is, is one where your loan officer's got a storefront or an office that's, that's local. Um, and, and, and again, because, you know, I know that if it's Saturday night at 10 PM and I call Jason Moses, Jason Moses is going to pick up the phone and take my call. Or if I send a political article to Jason Seacrest at 11 a.m., he responds at 12 and then responds again at 6 a.m. about, a, you know, understand you guys are always available. Correct. Because, yeah, I mean, again, you have to be because, you know, it's just the nature of the business. So um, I, I think the last thing that, that I would recommend just just off the top of my head for for your listeners is. Um, you know, we talked about preparation. Uh, we talked about getting all your documents together. Um, you know, try, trying to figure out what what you're looking for. 
Um, but, but I think that the last thing is just be realistic. Um, understand that, um, you know, your, your agent is there to, to, to work with you. Um, your agent's not, not trying to fight against you. Um, I, I think one of the things that also I, I, I blame TV for this is that, you know, I, I've been an agent since 2013. I'm, I'm probably one of the most overqualified real estate agents True in, fact, in, this, fact. in this area. And, you know, people, you know, I, I give people advice and, and again, you know, they're free to take it or leave it, but, but really, I mean, I just didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday and decide to sell real estate. Uh, I'm good at what I do. So when I suggest something, I'd say you pretty well damn well to do it. Wait, you're not. A, I'm just being facetious now. You're not a rookie real estate agent, Jason Seacrest. No, I'm not a rookie real estate agent, Lindsey Rowland. <laughs> like I'm not a rookie lobbyist, right? Because I've only was in the military 10 years. You get my point. He's not a rookie. Yeah. So I, I just I, I just run into this all the time where, you know, I give people advice and they're like, well, I don't want to do it. And, and usually the conversation boils down to this is um, TV thinks, you know, TV makes people think that they're experts just because they watch something. <laughs> on HGTV. And, and then they, they'll, they'll argue with me and I'll just say, look, how many homes did you buy or sell last year? And it's usually the like zero. Yeah. It's like none. And then I say, well, you know, I sold 25 houses in 2020. Who's the expert. And I'm selling Lindsay Roland one. I'm so excited. And that's right. I'm that, and right? I'm selling Lindsay Roland one because she's putting Congress, her faith and trust in me. Congresswoman Lindsay Roland to you. No, it's Senator Lindsay Roland. Senator. <laughs> no, on a side note, AOC is like 32 years old. I'm 40. There is no way that I, my mom was like, "You're too old to run, or you're too young to run for office." I'm like, "Isn't it 22 to run for office or something?" Like AOC is like 10 years younger than me. Like, there's no way that I'm not old enough to. And I think, side note for Semplify, I think Mike Gallagher, who's a Marine, I think he's actually five years younger than me. 25. Which Perhaps one? AOC? Oh, it's 25. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we went down a rabbit hole. Jason, finish up. And then Jason, number two, I we need to get your final thoughts. No, I, I think I think I covered everything. So I'll, uh, I'll defer to Jason, number two. Okay, Jason, number two, you're on. Best thing to do is if you want to buy a house is talk to a, like he said, a regional uh, retail lender. Um, don't worry about where you think your scenario is. Just have them run your credit and, and, and that way you can get a picture on how to proceed, even if you're not ready to buy a home. And then I want to ask you a couple other questions because I just love Marines. Um, so do you, would you recommend somebody that was looking into the Marine Corps right now, would you recommend them go enlisted or officer or just like make sure that they know what their options are. Cause I, I feel like when I was an officer, um, well, you, you never stop being an officer cause I'm like the most bossiest person I know. Um, but that there was so many enlisted soldiers that had so much education and they wish they would have gone officer. I should have so gone I, back in as an officer once I had college because I didn't realize <laughs> that you only needed two years of college to, uh, to become an officer. So honestly, I, I would have gone back if I had known that. Well, so I was actually a pay, I actually went to basic for Patriot missiles. Um, but then I, um, in bliss, but what happened was, is I was on an ROTC scholarship and I quit and I went enlisted and they gave me a fraudulent enlistment because my recruiter knew I was on an ROTC. Long, long story short, I went to basic. Then they kicked me out for fraudulent enlistment. Then I went back to ROTC and then I commissioned as an officer. You can't make that stuff up, but I'm just saying that there's definitely like green to gold. Jason, number one, what are your thoughts on officer versus um, like, would you, if you had a daughter or son, what would you tell them to do? 
Uh, definitely go officer. I mean, I, I guess I'm biased, but uh, no, I mean, I, I, what, what I should have done um, and what I would recommend to any of my, my future progeny is uh, like, like the National Guard, for example, you can, they have a, what's called a split option. So you can go to basic training in, in between your, your junior and senior year of, of high school. And then you, you go to, you go to your AIT the next summer. So basically, you know, you're, you're getting free money for college, which is good. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I had to enlist while I was in, you know, in college was uh, just was running out of money there. Um, but no, I mean, you, you, you come out, um, you know, going into freshman college, I mean, you're, um, you know, you're E2, E3, whatever. And then, you know, you sign up for ROTC and then, you know, theoretically, I mean, um, you know, well, and you've got, uh, not theoretically, I mean, you'll have probably five and a half years of service under your belt in the national guard before you, and you can either stay in the guard or go active duty. But I mean, just having, having those upfront years of service, I mean, um, means more money down the road. And also I think it, you know, it's, it's, you know, would, would you rather go to like two weeks summer camp or would you rather go to basic training and, you know, make a man out of somebody or make a, make a, make a daughter hey, out of, or, or hey, a woman we out of somebody. Warrior Forge, Jason, we went to warrior forge at Fort Lewis. That is similar to basic, but it's only, a, I think it's only a month, but you're right. Valid point. No, but no, but, but, but just even, you know, I mean, just imagine what kind of disciplined high school you're going to be, um, you know, junior going into your senior year, if you've got your basic, at least basic training under your belt. The most respected Marines were the ones who were enlisted first because enlisted are the, you know, the backbone of the military. I'm just saying. We know, we know. No, the NCO <laughs> is the backbone. And my, my star majors and stuff were always like, and my first sergeants and even my platoon sergeants were like, you should have been enlisted, Lindsay, because you don't like rules. And, and they, they were saying that because I was a logistics officer in logistics, you have to break rules to get people their things, right? You got to make things so, happen. What? Yeah, your job is to make things happen. Yeah, and, and there are no rules because when and the infantry guys need their bullets or the FA guys need their their um, weapon systems, like they don't care. They don't want to hear your BS. They want their shit. They want their, their um, tough guy scopes in Iraq and they want them now. And so basically no one cares how you get it done as long as, even if that means you have like a cute relationship with the PB, your PBO, I'm not advocating for having unprofessional relationships, but you guys have a, a great relationship and he makes sure that stuff gets there because he knows the property book manager in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, like those relate. I think it goes back to, again, what we're talking about with, you know, the home loan and the stuff that those relationships are so important to have. Yeah. I, and I, I'll tell you, I mean, I just, I, I think that's a great point, Lindsay. And, and one thing I'll point out, and, and I'm actually just going through this right now, you know, with a client who um, didn't, didn't listen to my advice and, you know, was talking to a national lender and, you know, of course they're, they're not going to be able to do what really, what I, I think the, the, the client really needs. But I mean, I have a great relationship with Jason and, you know, of course I always tell people that, you know, what new clients in mind that look, I mean, you're, you're free to choose whatever lender that you want to work with. Um, you know, but I, I just give them the caveat is that, look, you know, I, I know a guy like Jason Moses. Okay. I know the job that he can do. I will vouch for the job that he can do. And, you know, people, people go online, they get these crazy online lenders or lending tree or Costco or something like that. And, you know, it just, people don't realize that, look, if, if you want to have a halfway decent chance of being successful in your purchase process, you know, you need to go with a lender that you can trust. And Jason's one of those people. That's why we're a great team. 
Um, but that, that that's the whole that's, that's just one of the things in this process is that I, I look at myself as a project manager in this. I mean, I'm orchestrating, you know, your, your lending, your home inspection. Um, you know, I, I do your your negotiation, build your home search. You're basically um, a therapist. You're basically the therapist. <laughs> in, in some respects, yeah. And, and 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 honestly, you know, I've had to do couples therapy. Um, you know, again, where, where I have got a husband and wife that, you know, they're not on the same page in terms of buying a house. I, I just I don't take them out until they figure it out. And I've literally, you know, sat down, you know, with two legal pads, and I like, okay, I slide a legal pad across, you know, to each of them, and I say, okay, each of you write what you want in the house and what you don't want in the house, and then they'll, they'll take. 10, 15 minutes to do that. Then, oh, like, in your spare time, you trade. can probably get certified as a behavioral health specialist too, and then you can add that to your resume. <laughs> it, it, it's a given. I'm a lieutenant colonel in the in the Army National Guard. I've been in <laughs> 20 right. years. When you already that's, are a therapist, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. I forgot. I had like 200 to 300 soldiers under me it's under certain commands, and yes, I was the best therapist because we had like a soldier get raped. We had a soldiers rape a three-year-old daughter of one of my soldiers. Yes. I am definitely a therapist too. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And, and I also say, I mean, I love working with my military and veteran clients. Uh, I, I think, you know, especially, you know, just active duty because, you know, I, I've actually been on home, uh, home hunts with, with non-veteran clients, you know, and they'll want to see 20 houses, 30 houses, 40 houses. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I mean, it, it chews up my weekends. Cause I, you know, I at least like to, to keep one weekend day open, you know, like, you know, go to church or go do something, you know, with my wife. Um, but my military clients, I'll probably show them five or six houses. They'll pick one that that day, you know, they have great credit. I get them hooked up with, with somebody like Jason Moses. Um, you know, he can get them approved on the spot and 30 days from then, you know, we're, we're signing paperwork to get them into the house. And I just love it because, they're decisive decision makers. They don't have a lot of time to putz around. You know, they, I don't have to worry about their credit. I don't have to worry about them being able to close. And that's, you know, that that's I think that's one of the misconceptions that that people in our industry have is that they think that, you know, if somebody's coming in with a VA loan, they're like a credit risk. And and Jason, number two, I mean, you know, what, what do you think about that? Uh, that's because in the in the early 70s, um, there, there were little things that like, there was a, like an $800 fee, I believe that the, the sellers had to pay on a VA loan that wasn't on other loans. There was, um, the, the, the appraisers used to be like way harder on it. If there was a crack in the driveway, they wouldn't lend on it. Um, but this is like when it first came out in the early seventies, but the VA loan is, is honestly the best loan on the market. And I think, you know, Anyone who thinks otherwise is just going off of that old information. I mean, and I'll just 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 to make that point, um, Jason and I worked with a client uh, a couple of years ago who, um, you know, was basically able to take advantage of, uh, you know, increasing the 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 purchase amount. I mean, a uh, friend of mine, veteran uh, from Bosnia, and he and his family were able to purchase a one point four million dollar home eventually, uh, no money down. Great interest rate, great, great service from Jason. That was the lowest rate I ever closed in the industry, two and a quarter percent on $1.4 million, uh, 30 year yeah. fixed. But, but I'll tell you, I mean, we, we lost two other offers. And in one case, the agent, you know, it's like, well, I don't know about this VA. You know, like, I, I know the rate's really good, blah, blah, blah. And because of their concern with the, the use of the VA loan, they took an offer that netted the seller $20,000 less. Wow. Yeah. So, so if I may real quick, um, 
there, there's been some activity again on the, on the VA home loan, just, you know, the industry is looking at, um, you know, what, what can we do to improve it? Um, there was, there was uh, congressional testimony back in December and I, I watched the hearing and I, I really um, got fired up just listening to the comments that, uh, you know, some of the congressmen had some of the, 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 the folks that were testifying. Um, so I'm actually, started the process of lobbying for, for some much needed changes to the VA home loan. Um, Wait, aren't you lobbying with LR lobbying for AFIs too? I thought I heard, I heard a rumor about that. That's, that's another side project. Basically I want to, I want to lobby to eliminate um, AFIs, uh, AFIs ability to collect fuel taxes on, on base state fuels, fuels taxes. And I have a list of, and you, you know, I actually reached out to congressmen to kind of gauge their, their feelings about it. And we got a good response. I just haven't had time to talk to you about that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's, 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 that's definitely something that, you know, another thing that I'm looking at, but yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm actually been talking with, uh, um, some of the folks at the national association of realtors. Um, I, I'm probably going to have a call with this week or next week about making some changes, uh, some additional changes, just, uh, basically, you know, give you a quick, a, a quick summary. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the huge problems with the VA loan is that in order to buy, if you've already purchased a home with the VA you know, using your VA home loan, um, trying to buy a subsequent home requires you to sell your first home to reset your entitlement. And uh, Jason, what? and I did a deal. Yeah. So there needs to be a way, especially if you're active duty, you know, and you're PCSing, I mean, you, you have a really tight timeline anyway. Um, but also I, I, Jason, and I worked with a great military client a couple months ago where it, this was probably the first deal I was able to pull off in about three or four years where I got the seller of, uh, of a home to accept my client's um, basically settlement contingency, meaning that they knew that he had to settle on, you know, it was already under contract. We already had a purchase contract, um, but he had to settle on his current home before he could buy their home. And if you can imagine, you know, in a, in a region like ours where it's very competitive, that puts the veteran at a big disadvantage uh, compared to somebody who's, who's got a conventional loan who can carry two loans at one time. Um, the VA appraisal process is really slow. And, it, and, and in some cases, you know, there, there's still some VA appraisers out there that use the home inspection, you know, the, their appraisal is basically like a white glove inspection. Um, I mean, just, just to, you know, as an example, the VA has what's called minimum property requirements and a single pane, a broken pane of glass in a home will, will uh, basically cause the house not to pass. So, so, so imagine that like, let's say on a, on a, on a pristine $1.5 million house, one broken window will undo the whole deal. Uh, if the, wow, system, if, if, if the seller's crazy. not willing to remedy that. So those, so I I'm, I'm working with them to, to make some much needed changes. Um, Cause I, th- I think it's important that if you've served this country, you ought to, you, you, you've earned a benefit that allows you to buy a great home wherever you want to live. And you know, we need to make that product even better because I run into real estate agents, Lindsay, all the time who are themselves military veterans who tell me they don't want to deal with with VA home buyers. No, I'm listening. I'm totally listening. I'm, I had to feed Cheddar because he got he didn't get fed since this morning. And, you know, Cheddar's got to eat like five times a day. So I'm listening. Well, it's all about Cheddar. So. No, it is. And this house that it's all about cheddar. And then, you know, somebody gave me a bulldog around Thanksgiving time. So now it's all about Hershey Kisses. So we have a lot of animal house going on here. Yeah. <laughs> but back so, to so what I, you're saying. Yeah. So, so Lindsay, actually true story. Um, the, the, the act that president Trump signed in you know, before he left office, um, it was actually 
one of my one of my real estate clients who was behind that, he had a friend on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee and uh you know, we ran into it. He had, he had done some, you know, various pieces of active duty with the National Guard. And he's like, I don't know if I can use my VA loan. I don't know if I can, you know. So I said, send me your 1379. So if you're guardsman, you know about a 1379, it's your retirement point statement. And I took a look at it and he had 90 days of active duty. They just weren't all together. So he went to his friend in the Senate Veterans Committee and got them to write a bill, which made it into that act. Um, so I, I, I take credit for that or partial credit, I guess. So, okay, so I, I'm going to make this happen. Wait, so I'm you're gonna a make, I'm, lobbyist and you're a therapist. Dude, you, we, why don't you be a preacher? What are you running for office, Mr. Seacrest? Yes. Um, I, I'm too honest uh, to, to be a good New politician. York. So. You should run for AOC slots. No, thank you. Uh, I, I'm happy uh, <laughs> in my place in life right now. So I love messing with you. <laughs> Okay, guys, we got to wrap it up. I want to do final thoughts. And just so our listeners know, I may cut this and do this two two different episodes on this one. We are going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about this house because these are just very interesting conversations. Um, I want to thank Jason and Jason. And just real quick, last two second blurb to wrap it up, each of you. Uh, Jason, number two, you're up. Uh, Call a loan officer and see if you're qualified or what you're qualified for. Jason Seacrest. Uh, ditto to what Jason said. Uh, if you're thinking about buying a house, call an experienced, skilled real estate agent. All right. This is the Karen Podcast, and we will put all their information on this post. Make sure you check us out. We are on all podcast forums. We also have Heroes Media Group website. You can go in. I also have a blog on there you can read about, a political blog. And we want to thank everyone today for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. Thanks, guys.